It's Elaine with Shine on Rise FM Mid-Mornings. My name is Mpumimbete. You're on Rise FM Mid-Mornings and I'm so excited. Kukwele timbogotwo namsa estudio. Hey, hai timbogotwo njengi. Nisho timbogotwo temasivi. Yeah, ndabe ngtoka nato. And I did mention that we'll be having this conversation with our friends from the University of Mpumalanga. Celebrating Africa Day with Rise FM and the University of Mbumalanga, an African university leading in creating opportunities for sustainable development through innovation. Hashtag, I love my Africa. You, of course, can be a part of this conversation using that hashtag, I love my Africa. In studio with me this morning, I have Dr. Sfiso Wagandlovu, who's a political studies lecturer. I've also got Ms. Tulsile Buda, who's a culture and heritage lecturer at the University of Bumalanga. I also have on the line with me, Prof. Sechaba Masomaholu, who's a research professor of education. And of course, you're with me, Mbumimbete. Good morning, ladies. Angalingani. Welcome to Rise of Him. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to Angalinga Prof, who's on the line. Nyati, Modernity tells us, hey, women, ladies first, but sindu I'll explain why. So I'm gonna start with Prof. Good morning, Prof. Good morning, men. Prof, are you? Yes, we can hear you nicely. Thank you. Uh, Professor Uyayatinza, I'm going to say Sindhu City men first. Yes, I heard what you, what you said, but um, I'm not sure if I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> because uh, as Africans, we are the, the, the most advanced in terms of respect for women. I'm going to justify this because I actually stand by it when it was explained. But let me first start again with uh, greeting the ladies. Good morning, uh, Ms. Tosile. Welcome once again to Rise of Fame. Good morning, Pumi, and thank you very much for having me. <laughs> and uh, welcome to you too, Dr. Spiso. It's such a pleasure to have you this morning. Uh, good morning, Pumi. Nice to be here. All right. Before I, I then, uh, I need to obviously explain myself. I visited a cultural heritage um, site and they had the rendezvous and they were explaining even how they, they are built that because of the structure of the door and having to bend to go in, the men were expected to go in first in case there was something. Mm-hmm. With that explanation, is it, is it justified? Prof. Uh, well, um, well, we, we personally, I don't think it's a, it, it could be seen as a cultural thing. Uh-huh. It's a practice for that particular moment. Truly? Well, I think it's because uh, men are expected, or according to our cultural um, beliefs and customs and, and customary laws, mm. men are supposed to lead women. So even if uh, there is war, women will always be left behind there will always be a man up front and the men at last and middle it will be women because that's how women i mean that's how men in africa protect women they lead first so that they can um be able to dictate any danger and then so it's our cultural practice 
you know we we touch on uh whether it's polit- uh, it, cultural heritage history so many conflicting theories and then enter the space of politics i want to come to you dr sfuso how do we in 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 the world that we live in today celebrate this diversity while showcasing our africanness with the political um current political state okay okay uh, thank you mpumi i believe we celebrate this diversity by first of all taking as a point of departure that africa is central to itself and to the rest of the world and it shares um, this uh, history of colonization which actually shaped our political identities and the broader african african context and as the diverse people of Africa, we take that as a departure point to affirm ourselves, to define the future that is wanted by us as the diverse people of Africa who shares um, experiences and particularly the history of colonialism, which we all share. And um, it is a very important history in the sense that it shaped our political identities in particular. Mm-hmm. I love that you go there, um, Dr. Sviso, because it not only shaped our political mm. history, it also shaped our education. I'm coming to you, yes. uh, Professor. How how then do we celebrate uh, an education system that many argue is very colonial in, in, in how it was set up? Um, I mean, the, the buzzword was decolonizing education. So how do we celebrate African diversity through education? Uh, thank you very much, Mpumi. We we celebrate um, African. I'm sorry. We, we celebrate Africanness in education by privileging, by by making more visible the practices uh, of excellence that uh, come from the uh, African continent. There are so many achievements that uh, people of Africa have made uh, in, in terms of better educational practices, in terms of discoveries in the sciences, in, the, in terms of discoveries in, in the human and the social sciences. So through education, I'm sorry, through education, we try to put them to the fore so that we can become aware that like any other people, we really have been making this significant strides in every facet of human endeavor. So the month, the day, uh, they say like the 25th, it's on that day that we, we also, you know, we emphasize that to show that throughout the years, Africa has been a, a force to reckon, uh, to reckon with. We really want to compete on the global stage, and uh, yet there are things that obviously have set the the continent behind. But while one we, we're still on the issue of education, I want to bring in language to this conversation. We in South Africa have eleven official languages, but Africa as a whole has easily between one thousand five hundred to two thousand languages. Well, with Arabic um, being the most widely spoken, followed by English um, and the likes of French. So where do we even begin decolonizing education, rewriting our political history, when language itself, which can either unify or 
you know, uh, divide us is also lagging in terms of not only documenting, but preserving and promoting and developing our indigenous languages. Ms. Tula. You know, Mpumi, we start from where we are. Um, most people will, will even ask, how do we start decolonizing, um, you know, the education? I mean, when we speak of education, people, they think, <clears throat> sorry, they think it's only about the language, which is also about the, co- the, the um, what is it, the content that is taught to our people, that is foreign to our people. So language is a very small aspect on, on when we, it comes to decolonization. We're talking about transforming uh, the curriculum. And when we decolonize, it doesn't mean that we, 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 we move away from Western ways of knowing. It means that we are saying that who we are and everything that makes us African should be part of the curriculum. A child who is Ndebele learning, um, using Isindebele language and learning about Amandebele culture, that knowledge has to be part of the curriculum. Some aspects of who we are have to be featured in different subjects. So if we have scientific knowledge or we have um, uh, mathematics that is used at home, such as uh, beadwork and mural art that reflects symmetrical geometry, (coughs) we are saying it should be part of the curriculum. Children should learn Uguti geometry is at home. Ukoko, uyagwaz, ukwala, nokpotela, triangles, rectangles, and other shapes. We see them in our walls. We see them in our beaded attires. Therefore, when a teacher teaches you about <clears throat> mathematics, that's when you can say, my grandmother does this. I know this from home. I can relate to this. So we are saying our cultural background should be part of the curriculum. Of course, we can never speak of African culture without um, language. When we speak of who we are, if right now you can never define who you are in English. That is why we we saying we decolonize not only the language but also the content to say who we are matters. Our people existed before colonialism. Africa was never in Stone Age. Africa was had its own civilization before colonialism. We have abandoned of of of, of evidence. We have our monuments, our crafts in in in, in Europe and in other you uh, know our Western countries proving our early civilization. I'm going to get into some of that because the history shapes the politic, the political history. But if we are to get the next generation, then the research in terms of education comes in and how do we restructure it as you propose. I'm in conversation with uh, some leading academics from the University of Mpumalanga. It's our Africa Day lecture in partnership with the university. And on the line, I've got Professor Sichaba Matlomahulu in studio. I've got Ms. Tulsile Buddha and Dr. Sfiso Ndlovu. This conversation continues on Rise of Him mid-morning. And so do the celebrations of our Africa Day in terms of music. That's Soti Soul with um, Insecure on Rise of Fame mid-mornings. You are listening to Mbumimbete. It's our Africa Day celebration and we have an Africa Day lecture right in studio. It's a partnership with the University of Mpumalanga. Speaking of which, I've got on the line Prof. Sichaba Matlumahulu, who's a research professor of education. And uh, Ms. Tulsi Lebuda in studio with me. She is a culture and heritage lecturer 
at the University of Bumalanga. Also with us is uh, Dr. Sifiso Wagantlov. I should have probably started by Mamkase. No, you will just say Saubon. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we, it's interesting we're having this conversation in English. It would have been nice to actually have it in indigenous languages. Uh, just before that song, Tuli was talking about decolonizing um, education. And yet, the politics as we know it is also from that same structure of what we were taught, whether it's the history we were taught. And as I grow up, I understand the history that we were not taught also has a lot to do with our level of tolerance or intolerance towards each other. How would we go about tackling that space mm-hmm. in, in terms of politics, political education? Because Ute, we, we can't go forward singing mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, thank you, Pumi. Um, <laughs> and um, you just said something interesting that uh, we are even having this conversation in in um, yeah. in English. <laughs> yeah. But I know how to say Sawona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Picking up from uh, what my colleague Utuli said uh, before we went for break about uh, decolonization of um, decolonizing the curriculum, decolonizing education, which at the present moment I am privileged to teach at a university like Mpumalanga, which is set uh, itself as a as a as um, an African university, because what we have currently, I would argue vehemently that we we have universities in Africa, yeah. but not African universities. Awful. And I myself, being a product of uh, these universities or, or, or on Africa, I believe I have a central role to play in uh, being part of the um, efforts and struggles. It's a struggle to decolonize uh, education because it starts from relearning mm. what we, we, we learned. It starts mm-hmm. from relearning what we learned. For instance, I will speak about the theft of history, mm. whereby Africa has been um, portrayed as a, as, as a continent without history and normally when we speak of Africa and what we the curriculum we, we, we were all fed was um, mainly put us around um, uh, the history of Africa beginning from colonization. Yeah. Because uh, in, in Eurocentric terms, mm. Africa has been uh, portrayed as um, people without history, people mm. without knowledge, and all that kind of stuff. But um, a day like Africa Day, where diverse people of the African uh, continent remember their Africanness. Mm-hmm. It is uh, very vital that we become conscious of um, theft of history also as the starting point. And that takes me to mm-hmm. Prof on the line, because if there was theft, what is research telling us in terms of education, Prof? Because what informs the research and where we focus in so that we begin to unlearning certain things that we were taught or relearning our ways, uh, indigenous ways and ways of being. Thank you very much, Mempumi. Uh, I think uh, you're really touching on very important points as far as the decolonization project or Africanization project is concerned because knowledge that was generated in Africa that very deep down in terms of history, 
by layers upon layers of Eurocentric uh, ways of knowing and ways of, of learning. For example, immediately somebody thinks about research. What do they think about? They think about, uh, you know, where you have the researcher as the most important person. They're thinking of the researcher as people who do not know anything about research. They are thinking about a, a, a researcher using instruments, questions, uh, things like um, uh, interview schedules and so on. But my thinking, and then what has come to the fore now of late, is that there are methods of research that come from the, that originate from the African continent. Let me make an example of the concept of Litsima. I'm sure even in society we have a similar concept of, of, of Litsima, where it's about participation in a much way of uh, conducting research. In the same manner as our parents and our communities come together to solve real problems in the communities that drives the research process of the people involved. But about the people coming together I'm going to ask you to just hold the line for me. It, it, it's uh, breaking there for us. We're going to try and get you back. Um, but you I think context in which even the methodology that is applied to conduct research uh, as if what you're saying there weren't ways before I'm thinking obviously during these gatherings there's info and data that is lost because of our lack of documenting yes history documenting if we are truly to celebrate and pass on this information mm. to the next generation history and you know, Mpumi, it's a very valid point by Prof, because when we speak of decolonization, we're speaking of basic education, right? Subjects. Then we speak of higher education on how researchers conduct research with indigenous people. Um, most of the time when research is conducted about indigenous knowledge, who we are, our culture, um, people use Western methods of conducting research. They end up making our people feel intimidated or feel guilty. What they are saying is not the truth or it's a myth or it's barbaric or it's old fashioned. Making our people not even open up about who they are. Because if you were to tell someone from a West, who's a Western scholar about your um, worldviews, Uguti, this is your belief system, they will see it as paparico, non-existent. Uguti, what is this? So they impose who they are on you. And hence why our people are unable to share their knowledge with with outsiders. Hence why when we say we are decolonizing research, we are saying African people should write and represent their own. African people should be at the center of, of research. We should um, state that we are indigenous scholars who conduct indigenous research about our own. And therefore, we understand cult- uh, customary laws, cultural protocols. We are part of the community. And because we conduct 
research with, not about. Our people, knowledge holders, become the most important aspect of research. Knowledge holders are now participants and not subjects of research. We are learning from Abokoko. We are not there as officials and wearing our doctoral um, regalias. We are there as children and they are the knowledge holders and they are transmitting this knowledge to us and we are there. See as the you know, see as Toba, the knowledge that you have, share it with us. And because of how we do things, because we want to participate also as indigenous researchers, we participate in all activities of our participants. If they are telling us, Uti, um, it's 12 midnight, we have to pray uh, to the gods of the sea. We pray, we participate because we want to understand the knowledge of the gods of the sea. We don't say this is witchcraft. We don't say this is barbaric. We don't say, Uti, there is only one God according to me. We don't impose our own worldviews. And therefore they are able, Uti, they share their knowledge with us. Our Koko, they are able to transmit this knowledge freely because we participate. We understand that they are the knowledge holders. And Tina, we are just children learning this knowledge and trying to document it. It's interesting because we are going back to Dinlela. Yati Saseli Corona Guavumbu, Gimisonian, Ningala, Nangala, Guamuda, Gutsmoko, Bebenda, and Jan. We're going to try and get the prof back on the line with us, Zahara Utsiloli, and then we continue this conversation celebrating Africa Day with our Africa Day lecture with our academics from the University of Bumalang. That's Zahara with Loli. We're on Rise of Air mid-mornings. I'm going to quickly... I'm going to conversation Rise of her mid-mornings. My name is Mbumimbete. It's 22.11. Oh, man. Time flies, they say. Well, I've got on the line Professor Matlumahulu. And uh, coming to you, Professor, we were just having a conversation about collaboration uh, in terms of research and in that space. I'm going to come to uh, Dr. Sviso shortly. But we, <laughs> the concern is, you know, the people who conduct the research are not always the policy implementers is there conversation happening that leads to action in terms of the decision makers with all the findings i mean we can research until we blew in the face but if we don't see transformation in terms of these research documents being implemented are we really going forward yes my response to that is that uh, we definitely are going forward uh, in the sense that researchers work together with uh, policymakers. The, the problem might just be that sometimes change is not immediate, it takes time. So we were talking about the research methodology, uh, the decolonized methodologies of doing research, which are finding their way now into the, the mainstream uh, uh, ways of conducting research and generating information. So there are many avenues for, for collaborating and working together with the department. For example, uh, one of the things that I wanted to refer to in terms of uh, high, high, uh, in terms of uh, school education is that the, the use of mother tongue 
has now become institutionalized because of the research and the collaboration between the researchers mm-hmm. and the Department of Education. For example, we are moving to a stage where even at grade 12, there's going to be a choice between writing your chemistry or whatever uh, discipline in your particular language because of massive amount of research that has demonstrated that when children learn in their own African languages, they tend to perform even better than when they are uh, uh, learning and, and writing an exam in a different language. In higher education, we are with a standards that are developed now where the, the, the department is insisting that uh, our curriculum should demonstrate the Africanness, especially for an institution like our own, mm. which has Africanization in its mainstream. The University of is one of the leading universities that talks about our university being in Africa and its curriculum demonstrating, showing uh, that characteristics of being an African university. So over and above it being a slogan, it's being infused in every subject, in every discipline that we teach. For example, today there will be uh, opportunities, for example, in my faculty, where colleagues will be showing how they design lessons with an African philosophy and orientation in mind, how they set out outcome, facilitate and assess uh, in line with the African uh, thinking at, at the center of our thinking. So this suffuses everything that we do across the board. So yes, in terms of collaborating with the department, with policymakers, we definitely are going there. It's going to take some time, mm. but definitely it's on the cards. Dr. Fiso, touching on what the prof is talking about, in terms of African politics, if only the continent was isolated, but we operate within a broader global system of politics. We're influenced by what is happening in Russia, Ukraine, cooking oil. It comes down to that. In terms of um, when we continue celebrating, even though we're looking at politics in Africa, is the world receptive to our ways of doing things or are we still one would say, you know, not converting, but subjected to world systems. Mm, my, my, my response to that question will be that Africa doesn't exist in isolation. Mm. It, it is central to itself. Mm-hmm. It takes that as a point of departure in engaging with the rest of the world. It is central to itself, but also very central to the uh, broader uh, global politics. Of course, um, it cannot be easy because colonization, colonialism was or is a power structure. They are, I've, heard, I've often heard about uh, these arguments that, said, um, that says, uh, but colonization ended. Mm. But the ripple effects. Yes, but colonize, colonialism is still there because it is uh, a power structure. Mm. So what happened is the mutation of colonialism into what we call, in, 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 in my discipline, what we we'll call global coloniality, whereby it operates in invisible ways. Mm. But maybe adding on to what Prof had said regarding the strides we are making, I also uh, concur with him that we are making strides. I will speak about higher education, which mm-hmm. I'm mostly familiar, which I'm uh, a bit familiar with, and maybe from 
the universities, even westernized universities like Witwatersrand, where I studied myself, mm-hmm. there are strikes because even African languages have been made compulsory. Mm-hmm. Like a student registering for uh, first year is, it is compulsory that he does either Isizulu, Sisutu, or that uh, th- th- those African languages. Of course, it cannot be a transformation that can happen overnight. It's a start. Yeah, but it is we are uh, definitely getting uh, getting somewhere. It's interesting that this day is celebrated because of the formation of the African Union, and it has yes. so much criticism. Are we a toothless? continent, when it comes to the politics of the world, when you talk of the G20s, are we recognized? Oh, ah. <laughs> um, we, we, in terms of politics, we do are. have an influence in what happens in the rest of the world. Namazatla is mediate. We have influence as a united Africa. But what we're trying to do is uh, to gain that leverage, not only in terms of politics, because socioeconomic yeah. and, 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 and politics, but we can only do that as a united Africa, defining, self-affirming ourselves, soul-searching kind of a project. That's what I kept saying. It's Rise of Him Mid Mornings. I'm in conversation with uh, Dr. Svisundlo. We are here, the politic, uh, politics lecturer at the University of Mpumalanga. I've also got in studio with me Ms. Tulsile Buda, uh, who's a. I, I've come to know you as a language activist before being a lecturer. And language keeps coming because I think it's. Uh, it's one of those easily sold notions in the mm. world over, and it's a struggle on its own. But in households, how do we then change the mindset? Now we are like, hey, how do we then, you know, it's one thing to decolonize education, decolonize institutions, mm-hmm. but you know, um, Pumi, the thing is, there is something wrong with our households, ne? because Nati. We, we would we, we would prefer taking our children in Kolweni where they will learn only English and Afrikaans. You know, um, if there is no, uh, in, or if the, the school has to be even top standard, you know, you, you need to ask what is um, yearly evaluation of how students perform English because you want your, your child to learn school. If you can go to a mall right now, Ilanga Mall, for example, Umama, especially Abu Mama. Women are the problems because men uh, speak indigenous languages with their children. Women would, would you can see what these people are Swati speaking. Even the child is still struggling to learn English, but the mother is imposing this English, is forcing this English onto the child. The challenge now becomes good when they get to Emakaya, where there is strictly um, an indigenous language, uh, you know, learned and spoken. They become isolated. Mm. You know, they are seeing, I mean, they are seeing even Imbandana. What is Imbandana? It's animals, yes. uh, you know, domestic animals. For the very first time, they are afraid of domestic animals. They cannot speak the language. But because mm. they cannot communicate, right? So I know Isindebele, but my children do not get the privilege to, to understand Isindebele that I know. 
You understand? And we want to make sure that our 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 relatives understand that. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure our neighbors understand that our children, you know, grew up in suburbs and they speak um English. But now you can never find uh you know Western people trying hard enough to speak um our own languages. Alanje, we are all Africans, Gapa. Mm-hmm. But because of coloniality. Skulma is kuwa, speaking English so that we can attract mm-hmm. broader um audience. If there were, if there was one person who is white in a room of all uh, African people who understand each other's languages, we will rather resort to English to accommodate this person. Only one person out of fifty indigenous language speakers, but it is a kuluma in English to accommodate only one because you see that's the power. They language. have over uh, our languages. We're going to be wrapping up our conversation shortly, but um, it's interesting for me to see uh, statistics coming out in terms of literacy levels. Sisa. Uh, and yet once upon a time uh, Zimbabwe was rated highly when it comes to the standard or the quality of education what has set us back one would think you know with democracy with uh, political liberation Prof, are you still with us? Yes, I'm still with you, man. You've touched on strides in terms of how far we've come uh, with research, and yet we still see very sad statistics. As we wrap it up, um, I, I know you're optimistic of our Africanness. Yes. How are we going to, how, how can we move forward as a continent in terms of education so that Nazi will be rated amongst the best in the world? Yes, uh, I agree with you, ma'am, that uh, there are still challenges in as far as our education is concerned. Uh, a number of uh, international tests, for example, have shown that, for example, us in South Africa, our children do not perform to the same requisite level. And my response to that is, yes, that may be true, and that could have been as a result of the history that we have. But I think we are now moving in the right direction in terms of creating what we call epistemic access, because the manner in which our knowledge at school, my colleagues have talked about mathematics and so on, has been presented in the fashion that makes children believe that schooling belongs to Europe and it doesn't belong to us. But now there is this awareness that uh, is taking place most probably because of activities such as those that will be t- that are taking place on days like this one, which kind of take uh, make our people aware that this kind of knowledge, which has been presented as if it's European, actually originates in Africa. So if we can develop understanding that. Um, uh, we actually are the custodian of that language, and we as teachers at schools, at universities, have to find ways of linking very directly with the experiences of learners 
at, at home uh, so that when they come to university and school, they don't experience that as a transitioning of some kind. And one of the ways is using the languages that they've been using at home, their aspirations, their fears, their experiences from there should also be reflected mm. in the curriculum. So my point is, it's not entirely children who have to, to be blamed when things don't go right, but we have to make it possible for them to succeed by making sure that the curriculum, what we teach, is relevant. And if they find interest and they find that the curriculum is interesting, you'll definitely see, you'll definitely see how better they perform, even in subjects like mathematics and whatever discipline that you can think about, only if we can make it relevant. Mm. And for that to be speaking the same language is a speak at all. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. That's uh, Prof. Sechaba Matlumahulu, Research Professor of Education at the University of Mpumalang. All right, I'm coming to you, Dr. Suso. From what the Prof has said, now we're making it fashionable, we make it appealing uh, to the current young people studying political studies. Um, a, a lot has happened, uh, even our hair. I'm looking around the room. We wear our hair differently. There's definitely a celebration of Africanness coming in. But when it comes to political studies, um, do we find that the young people studying, if you compare yourself when you were doing your undergrad, Nanyalu, having more opportunities, having more exposure, has that conversation and the debate that happens in the lecture room changed? Um, speaking, as I said earlier on, uh, myself acknowledging that I am a product of these westernized universities. Mm -hmm. For instance, I myself did all my degrees at this university. Um, I'm noticing a huge uh, difference and I'm very, very uh, Mm -hmm. optimistic because even the heightened consciousness of decolonizing uh, uh, curriculum also came from the students. If we can uh, recall the period 2015, it was not only about fees must fall, but mm. it was the students themselves clamoring for change, clamoring for decolonized um, education. Mm. It also came from, from the students, uh, which to me was a confirmation that you cannot suppress an idea whose time has come. Students uh, really expressed that they are tired of co- uh, colonial education. They are tired of marginalization of Africa. They um, they really want Africa to be taken as a departure point, as mm. a legitimate epistemic site. So I believe as universities, and mm-hmm. from what I'm noticing as I'm teaching at the University of Mpumalanga, mm-hmm. which um, prides itself as an African university, even its mission, uh, mission uh, statement, what I'm noticing is that students are very, very conscious Mm-hmm. It, 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 the, the production of knowledge is not from the teacher to the students. Ah. Yes, it is. It, it is core production of uh, of, of, of of knowledge. Um, but uh, then um, it, it it is up to us as uh, teachers, as mm-hmm. lecturers, to be conscious that we have a lot of relearning and mm-hmm. learning to do. Thank you so much for your time, ladies. Uh, that was uh, Dr. Sfiso Ndlovu, political studies lecturer, and uh, we're running a little late for news. Thank you so much. You're on Rise of Mid-Mornings. The show continues after this.
Celebrating Africa Day with Rise FM and the University of Mpumalanga, an African university leading in creating opportunities for sustainable development through innovation. Hashtag, I love my Africa.